Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the 55.1 podcast. The other day, as I was uh, setting up for a Minnesota Aurora game, uh, things were kind of quiet, and I walked past Coach Lukic uh, and uh, Mark Provatsky, who does equal times uh, coverage of Aurora, and we were just kind of chatting about a few different things, and uh, specifically the players and how we thought the season was going. And I thought, uh, well, you know what? It's time that we actually just talk to the coach herself and, and get her perspective on the season. Usually I try to keep most of the Minnesota Aurora stuff separate from this podcast, but Coach Nicole is pretty awesome, and uh, I just wanted to kind of uh, hear some of this stuff myself because uh, I don't get to hear from her that much in my kind of cloistered part of the team. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Head coach Nicole Lukic of Minnesota Aurora FC. Well, I'm pleased to be joined by head coach Nicole Lukic. Uh, coach, it's been a pretty awesome season so far. Thank you for joining me. Um, and uh, I guess we, we should start by saying you're, you're top of the table, undefeated. I think the goals scored category is like 713, and the goals against is about six. So it's somewhere in that, that range. Um, how, how is the, the season uh, feeling to you right now with only three regular season games left? It definitely feels good. I mean, if you would have told us in May we we were in this position, um, I think we would have been super psyched about it, and we certainly are. We've even more exciting, I think, is just that we've had a lot of players been able to get experience on the field. Mm -hmm. um, so not only winning, but you know, there's a player development focus to it as well as. We have players going into college soon, um, players exiting college that want to play professionally. And so just to give everybody on the, uh, a lot of players on the roster game minutes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's something that not every team gets to experience. So we don't take that for granted. And we're just excited that people are contributing. Well, let me ask you about that, that part of trying to give um give time to people, you know, in the Sunday's game, the game we just had, um, we got to see Olivia Groutman um, come in uh, for her first minutes of the season. Um, Taylor King got the start. Um, it, it's got to be pretty nice to have this kind of depth of talent throughout the field where if you've got a Friday, Sunday, you're actually able to rest a couple of those players to make sure that you're not killing them during their, what, what for them is, is largely, you know, a lot of them going back to college, they need to keep their scholarships, right? So getting injured here yeah. is not an option, but you have the, but you haven't really see, seen a, a drop in results or talent um, when you're doing that rotation. So what is that about? Is it just, you just put together an extremely deep squad? I mean, Jenny, Jen and myself, we put in a lot of hours for sure into the recruiting process and, thinking about positions and the type of player that we wanted. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we did do a good job mm -hmm. in, in the off season and, and trying to make the roster as deep as it could be. And then I think it's just been at our advantage as well that, you know, we don't have a big drop from player one to player 25 mm -hmm. and player wellness is always at the top of our 
our list and being able to get players rest has definitely added to our success. Um, something Jenny and Jen and myself spoke about as we were recruiting was we do not want to be known as the team that sends college players back to their college seasons broken. Um, so that's, you know, we were super excited to have that partnership with Twin Cities Orthopedics mm-hmm. and have a athletic trainer just dedicated to our team because we knew that would set us apart from other teams. And really it was the best thing for the player. Um, so having Rachel as our, our athletic trainer has been huge for us as well. And we've just been um, grateful to be able to find that balance of keeping players healthy and keeping players active and engaged on the field as well. Let me ask you about putting the team together um, because, and this comes from a, you and I ran into each other at the stadium the other day when things were briefly quiet. So, and I, we were talking about how I think it was the T, the WPSL team in, in Mankato um, made a joke about us being the, the, the million dollar team. And um, it, and in regular professional world, um, if you've got the team that has all the resources, um, you, you know, you've got the Man Cities or you've got these uh, clubs, they can buy all the best players, right? Obviously, as a pre-professional league, we are not spending extra money to get these players. So so it's not like we have, we have uh, artificially bought extra success here. Um, uh, but what what are there are, are there kind of extra things that that came for recruiting or for for anything that kind of give that advantage it, did was there something yeah. to this kind of million dollar team joke yeah i think it was rochester by the way so rochester. okay yeah yeah let's blame the right people <laughs> it was rochester um because we they were kind enough to let us come down to them and, and do a preseason scrimmage for us before our first game um but yeah, we have a lot of access to things that teams probably don't. Um, so I think that is attractive to players. I already mentioned having a full-time athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. I can remember back in my day, like, you know, even having like a blister was annoying that you didn't have like the new skin, a, a trainer to just slap some new skin on it and send you on your way. Um, so even just to have her for small or large issues has been really important. Um, I think a big one for us, the Aurora players, you know, you see that 50% of our team or just around there is Minnesotan based players. Mm-hmm. Um, they're home for the summer living with their parents or they already go to school here. So they have a place to live. And then the other half, um, the team was able to secure player housing. So we have about half the players living in two different houses. Um, and from, from what I'm told, it has not turned into like animal house over there. No, no. Uh, which they, is, uh, which I think is enough accomplishment. It sounds <laughs> like Sarah Fuller is like the senior, uh, senior member in, in one of the houses is, is keeping things, uh, sane or, uh, or, or at least making sure people clean the refrigerator. Yeah. There's, uh, Sarah's at one house and then Kelsey Kafusi and Addie Simmons, I would say are probably the moms at the other house. Okay. Um, but everything seems to be in sound there for sure. But just, you know, having the ability to provide housing to players mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily in a host family, because sometimes a lot of players find that awkward to yeah. be living in someone else's space or eating their food. So just to find them a comfortable place where they can get to know their teammates, yeah, um, they feel safe, their parents feel safe, 
having them here. I think that's really been a massive differentiator for us because not all teams can afford to do that for sure. Was there um, an easy and then hard part of the the recruitment process this year? We started later than than we wanted. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I sh- and I should say to everyone, I know nothing about the sporting side of this team. We try to keep it. We like you and I have spoken maybe eight times now. Like we try to keep things pretty separated so that you guys can do your jobs really well and we don't bug you too much. But um, so I'm I'm kind of curious what what the easy parts and harder parts were of of putting together this team. Yeah, there are definitely challenges. Um, let's see, starting with a few, I would say, you know, we were hired in December, so we really got going after the holiday. And by then, a lot of players we talked to had already committed to the team they were with mm-hmm. last year. So it was kind of like, oh, do you try to go down that rabbit hole of mm-hmm. convincing them that we're going to be something more? Or do you just like honor their commitment and move on? Um, and then like at that time we didn't have the stadium picked out. We didn't even have a name. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, Hey, come join this no name, awesome community <laughs> team that has no place to play yet, but it's going to happen. I promise. Yeah. Uh, so that was a challenge. And then the team name came out, I think late January. So once people could start to see the name and the image and all the excitement, you know, the Vikings, the twins, the Vixen, the Whitecaps, they're all posting about it on social media. So then it was like, okay. Did like, you did you suddenly get emails back the next day of like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm, now I'm now I'm convinced this is this is not some like weird uh, scam. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helped every little step. And then once we announced that TCO was going to be our place, like just to have a place to call home that had an NFL name mm-hmm. attached to it. Like, okay, maybe they are serious. Maybe mm-hmm. something is going on here. Um, and then we started to put together a schedule and then we were able to make the trainer announcement. So I think it was just kind of like the coaches really believing in what we were building, sticking to our gut. Like it's going to come, it's going to come into place. Probably, you know, most of our commitments came in February and March, which if you think for a team starting to play on May, that's right, right. <laughs> a little bit like you are like, oh, is yeah, this they've started happen? to make some summer plans already and it doesn't fully involve. Yeah, yeah this. Yeah. And um, then you look at a player like Morgan Stone, mm-hmm. who I got a text message about six days before our first practice. Yeah. How did that come about? Was that because Morgan also I, I don't think there's any. Maybe you can tell me, is there a connection that any of you had there or you just had that she was a great player that was on your radar? Yeah, the connection came from when we hired Coach Cassie, our goalkeeper coach, um, who's also a college coach out in Utah. She posted that she's excited to work with us. And then um, I believe the Boise assistant coach follows her on Twitter, Uh saw that and was like, oh, what is this? And looked at our team. And he knew in the back of his head that Morgan was looking for a place to play. And he just texted me and was like, Hey, oh, I think wow. this would be great. Like she does a lot of traveling and she really wants to play the next level. Yeah. But we kind of did a little research on her and we're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we happened to have an open room in the house still. So that worked out. And considering how well she did yesterday, getting on sports center with that goal, um, that, that certainly is pretty fortuitous. Um, were there, I also, 
now I've heard like 15th hand of that positionally, like the midfield was also a little harder to put together just in terms of what you were, who you were targeting and doing. Is that, is that just a by, by chance of, or, or is there something about putting together the, this kind of squad where we're getting those holding midfielders or, or attacking midfielders is, is tougher? Yeah. The, the center midfielders definitely came together towards the end, which was definitely part of us being like, Oh my goodness, we got a hole there. Yeah. Uh, which we don't anymore. Yeah. We sell them, obviously. You put a, a big ass I, stone in its place, which is yeah. Which been helpful. <laughs> and Simmons and, and like several others, Hopeo and lots of others have, have been in there too. So. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're building a team, most coaches probably go after those midfield spots a lot. So we've, probably talked to more center midfielders than any other position. And a lot of them were just already committed or mm -hmm. very uh, bought into what they were doing. We had a player go deep in a conversation until late April and she ended up accepting a spot with um, San Diego wave and NWSL team as a training player, mm -hmm. which you certainly cannot blame her for sure. doing that. But that would have, you know, that would have really been a great steal for us. Um, so yeah, it worked out and kind of late in the game too. I was talking to the rap triplets um, and I've known them since they were 12 and I know they're pretty versatile, smart players. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of had in the back of my mind too, like however the roster shaked out, I knew they would be helpful because uh, they're just so interchangeable. Can I ask you about that? You mentioned the age difference a little bit earlier, and you have a couple of the the players who like the rap sisters, like Shelby, who's also just graduated high school, who certainly don't like they, they don't look like they're struggling at all, right? They they look like they're poised on the ball. Um, a cup like a few times you see them like muscling other players off the ball, and it's like they're. You know, you, you expect that from a few of the old, older players on our squad, but I'm curious about about managing that difference of age and how you use them, but also how you bring them through. But but also just finding finding these kind of players who, despite being younger, can still kind of play above, maybe above their size even. Yeah, um, Shelby and the reps. I've I've actually all I've known them all since they were twelve. From um, Rush, right? From just yeah, yeah. from Rush. Yep, and I I got to coach them in the Rush Select program, which is kind of like the national ODP or All Star mm -hmm. program. Um, and I know their coaches that train them at home and the types of environment they're in, and they they've had opportunities to play up a lot. They've had opportunities to play with boys. Um, so they're used to raising their level. And I just, I had a feeling that, you know, it would just be a great in environment for them and knowing how into soccer they are and they all have goals of playing professionally. Um, I just honestly, I just really pictured them kind of seizing the opportunity mm -hmm. and running with it. It was definitely, I think, you know, a big decision for them. They, all four of them, literally graduated high school and the next day they're on a plane yeah. to come here. So a really mature decision even off the field for them and for their parents to trust that we we're going to take good care of them. And, but I, I think they saw the opportunity that it was going to prepare them for their collegiate season, which they really want to be successful in those environments. 
Um, so yeah, it's been really nice and, and fun for me to see them step up and, and contribute to the team's success. How has that success come about? Um, obviously, you can you don't have to credit your own brilliant tactical mind or whatever, but but like um, I'll I guess I'll, I'll ask it this way: the first game we had only two weeks of training, right? And that game we came out with a draw. It was pretty decent, but there were times where I was watching and I was thinking, ooh, that's a little rough. Or, ooh, there. And the obvious, there's a reason it was rough because people were playing together for the first time. There was a lot of nerves, but it made me wonder then, like, oh, well, how long is it going to take? We have an extremely short season. But by game two, game three, and especially by the time we came home for, I think it was game four or five, um, by the time mm. we came home, it was a completely different team, right? It was firing on all, all cylinders. So what, what is the kind of um, without giving away too much of the secret sauce, but what what's the what has worked so much for you? Yeah, well, you know, I think to the players' credit, a lot goes to them just creating the environment um, that we're all really excited to be a part of every day. I definitely think on that home opener, a lot of it was nerves, mm-hmm. um, just being in front of so many people. And I think too, you know, we went to Rochester a few days before and now suddenly people are calling us the million dollar team, mm-hmm. you walk into that packed stadium and you're like, oh my God, I hope we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, that was honestly, again, one of the, one of the seven times you and I interacted, we were texting about something and I, I just said like, I really need this team to be good. I mean, you obviously needed to be good for way more personal uh, and career reasons, but also you know, you want, there's so much that we've done, been doing for years on this project. And, um, and then like, there's nothing I can do. Like now it's just like, you know, I was, I was only part of your hiring process, but not really part of just about anything else. And so wanting to, you know, just trusting that like, all right, I think that this can work and we we can do these parts. And, you know, Matt Pravatsky also plays a big part in kind of uh, setting the background for um, sporting success over there. But uh, it's yep. been a relief, so I'll say that much. And to have it be fun as well, like not just like winning, which is obviously great, but um, when you see the players, and I think you were alluding to this, like they look like they're having fun. They're scoring goals, they're they're celebrating, and like that is infectious. Yeah, and I think, you know, honestly, even though it was kind of a pain in the butt to go down there, having that kansas st louis trip right Mm -hmm. in the beginning and being able to travel majority of our players was super helpful just to kind of trap us together for six days and um make us spend a lot of time together and figure it out off the field that was super helpful because really we didn't have everybody at training until may 26 the day before the first game right um, so having us all be in that space and take that road trip together was super important. And maybe that goes back to the, the million dollar team comment. Um, a lot of teams decide not to travel everybody. And for us as a staff, it's, you know, something that we really kind of asked for us to do because, you know, this is not a professional team. It's a pre-professional team. And, we're asking players to come and to commit to us for the summer. And we want to be able to Mm -hmm. give that commitment back. So 
you know, to go on the road and still get quality training sessions, even though maybe you're not playing in the games, um, I think has been super meaningful for players and has been a, a part of our success for sure. One additional part is that there's, uh, there's a few unrostered training players. And I think one thing I heard when I was walking past one of them, um, they were walking with a rostered player and talking about how um, pleased they were that that they felt like they were part of the team and that they that uh, specifically said, you know, Coach Nicole is, is like really goes out of her way to make us feel like we are a part of this, which is which is I think important. You've you've said that in the past that you want them, you know, when you come to the team and you've you've requested like, hey, can we do this X, Y, and Z um, to 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 make that uh, something that everyone is a part of um, from the top to the bottom of the the players or the players who aren't playing as much, right? Which is tougher for especially goalkeepers. Like we mentioned, Olivia yeah. got her first minutes, um, but it's it's not easy when you've got only twelve games, and you know, and you also want to get results, and you need a first eleven to get those. Yeah, it's um, happy. I'm happy to hear you say that about the training players. I think that's really been a goal of ours, just because they've they've committed to us just like the rest of the players. And um, that's a big commitment to make when you know you're never going to see your name um, in the 18. And I can remember like in the beginning, you know, we would get things like the backpacks and they wouldn't grab one. And I'd be like, what, what are you doing? Like you're on mm -hmm. the team, grab a backpack, grab a shirt, yeah. like you, everything, everybody else gets. Um, and it was so crucial to have them very early on because we had a lot of players come in with soft injuries from their spring collegiate seasons. And then a handful of players who had exams late into May or the the Shelby and the Raps who had to graduate and couldn't get here till May 24th. So to have the extra numbers in the beginning of the season was so crucial. And even now later in the season um, to have them switch in and take reps at any position, you know, they do whatever we ask. It's, it's just been really great and, and something that we really appreciate. And, um, I hope they know how much they are appreciated because it's, it's been amazing for us. And I, I hope that they, they feel the experience is worth it and they can go back to their collegiate environments, just as excited to, to bring what they've learned to their environments. Curious what you have to say about how you have approached this season and even like learn what you've learned so far tactically as a coach, just trying to figure out like, how do we do this? How do we go up against teams? We know very little about um, how do we make sure we rotate, but just what have you, what do you, what can you tell me about um, your game day approaches during these for, for all these matches so far? I think first and foremost, we always, as a staff, we focus on us um, I think that's most important, especially like you said early on, we knew nothing about the opponents. So in my mind, there's just like, it's just kind of wasted energy to worry about too much about what they're going to do. And, you know, myself, Jen, Jenny, Cassie, we're all very smart and capable. And I just really trusted us to, if the team was struggling with something, you know, talk it out on the sideline and figure out what the adjustments needed to be, which has worked for us. And now we're playing everybody twice. Um, so we do have access to film and just kind of thinking about how each player did the last time we played them. Could somebody else be more successful? 
Could we be more successful if we change something tactically? Um, so yeah, I don't know, just staying true to us every day and keep trying to improve ourselves and then just being mindful of a handful of things that the opponent's going to bring and trying to get best guess how to, you know, problem solve as things are happening during the game. How has that um, gone working with this coaching staff who, when you, you know, before you started with this team, didn't really know any of them. And now you're, now it's kind of a lot of trust there and a lot of collaboration, but how, how did that work out? It's been great. I was just telling somebody the other day that um, I've never had the opportunity to work with a full group of women on staff, um, let alone really work with women who are my age and have had similar experiences to me. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, Jen and Jenny and myself got to know each other quite a bit December through April, just, you know, working on what kind of player we wanted to recruit, what kind of system we thought we would play and those kind of things. And slowly during that process, I think, you know, we all realized kind of how we balanced off each other and like the three of us are so kind of laid back and chill and we realized goalkeeping is not our specialty. So we asked if we could hire a goalkeeper coach, which we were graciously awarded the ability to do so. And we had a lot of people apply for that position. And then when we were interviewing different candidates, um, you know, Cassie really stuck out to us because she was very knowledgeable. She had high level goals for herself. And her energy and personality was just uh, way different than ours. And we thought <laughs> that was great because all of us are so like low key. And she has like this burst of energy that we thought would be a good ad. Um, and it certainly has been because if you watch her on game day, she's yeah. jumping down and bouncing all around. And uh, the goalkeepers love working with her and it's been great. Um yeah, you're certainly not the the hands in pockets pacing the the technical area yelling at people um uh coach um you just you it seems like you like direct, you like let let everyone else be the pit bulls around you and then um do you do you do you let that out eventually um for the the players or you just try to 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 delegate uh the yelling I would say uh, for the most part, I, you know, I keep my cool and I'm just always kind of evaluating and like my head just like doesn't stop spinning on what's working, what's not, what's not mm -hmm. working, what are they doing, how can we adjust, um, who's having a good game, who's struggling, those types of things. And then each of us have our own, of, you know, we've dished out different roles during game day, uh, Jenny Clark's main focus is on our back line. Uh, Cassie's on the goalie. Um, I'm more of the attacking. And then Jen Lyric is on the opponent and really focusing on what they're doing. Um, you know, we, I try to encourage a calm sideline. Some of us, I'm not going to name names are better at than it, uh, than others. <laughs> um, and I think you, you know, most of what I need to say is either done one-on-one -on -one or addressed at halftime. Um, and if I 
cannot reach everybody. Like I'll tell Jenny Clark, like, Hey, would you mind saying this to, to this defensive player? Or, um, oftentimes I, I tell Jen, like, Hey, can you go draw up this situation? She's very good at drawing okay. and painting and painting the picture. Um, <laughs> and it's usually about our press and where it's getting broken down. And I'll ask her to pull three players aside and, yeah. you know, make it more clear to them. And I think that's been working out pretty well for us. Well, I want to ask about specific parts of it. Um, we have, I think, well, at least before yesterday's game, 11 different goal scorers and the highest goal scorer is Mariah with four, I'm pretty sure. And then there's a few with three, Ken's, et cetera. So you've got this team. You don't have a particular like single striker who's just like knocking them in and going. There's a lot of already a lot of rotation. But um, but tell me about how that comes about. Maybe maybe it just comes about because you've got just a, a good free-flowing team. But, but you have this all-around a goal scoring team that that isn't relying on a fox in the box or, or something like that or or, or someone <laughs> like desperately pursuing like the that. uh the golden boot yeah i think stone and mariah are tied for four i think oh that's stone. right yep because of the two okay yeah yeah um but yeah i think you know that's a strength of ours i think that does make us hard to scout um i think it really increases player belief team confidence because we feel like anybody at any time can score. Um, for a while, Mackenzie Langdock, our right back was our leading scorer, which you don't see that often. No. Um, and she hasn't yet connected on any of those bangers, but she sends she's close. two to three in and they're always within like a like foot. Inches. Yeah. Just, yeah. and one of them's going to finally hit and, and I'm going to riot or something like that. Cause it, yeah. it <laughs> like she has probably, uh, I don't know if that I got to check to see if we have those stats, but like she has probably some of the most shots taken on the team and she's yeah. right back. And she obviously yeah. in college, I think played a little further up, but or, or, yeah, I didn't know that till, um, you know, right before the season that for most of her career, she was a forward. Yeah. Uh, and then her last season at the Gophers, she played outside back, which was similar to my playing career. Um, and as soon as I knew that, I just kind of felt like I knew so much about her Interesting. Um, and her thought process. But yeah, I think it's, you know, it's the system. We like flying a lot of numbers forward. I think um, it makes us different than a lot of teams. You know, a lot of times you see top teams that, are relying on one or two people for me personally i think you know something that i'm growing more excited about is that we're scoring in different ways not mm -hmm. only different people but you know early on we were finishing a lot of just like tap-ins in the box um, we've had more finishes off of big crosses this past weekend mm -hmm. yeah that stone's great finish from distance so I think that's something I'm more even more excited about is just the, the type of finishing now is different. There's a variety as well as a variety of players. So yeah, yeah we'll see what happens next. For those um, players, some of them, obviously you've known them since they're you're 12. Some of them like Morgan stone just kind of came in and, and you, you, you did your best to scout and, and it, it's worked out. How, are there other players that you didn't, that you had less tape on had knew less about who have kind of particularly surprised you that, that, that have worked out? 
you get the roster up and finish because yeah, you, you, it's tough to ask you about all, all your all your players, but you know yeah. you can pick out a couple at least, and hopefully the rest won't feel mad. I mean, Mariah Wynn came to our first tryout, mm-hmm. and um, she stood in stood out in that environment, but um, she only had one fall college season under her belt. Mm-hmm. Um, she got a decent amount of minutes for freshman, but not a ton, so. You know, we weren't exactly sure what we were going to get out of her. And even like early in the season, very athletic, scrappy. And then when we went on that road trip, St. Louis, Kansas City, like the press just clicked for her. And now she's Mm. finding herself in dangerous spots um, a lot. And she scored that great finish on Friday. She plays with her guns out, too, which I feel like is a really intimidating uh thing I'm, where it's a, this is a, a, a visual medium on the podcast so i'm pulling up my <laughs> sleeve here and yeah 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 um so and occasionally she puts on a temporary like spongebob tattoo i don't know if you've noticed oh that. i haven't no yeah there must be <laughs> nothing more intimidating than spongebob <laughs> <laughs> yeah um let's see who else um i mean we didn't know much about I didn't see too much film on Maya Hansen. I just had a lot of great conversations with people who have worked with her in the past. Um, she's obviously a really good offensive spark for us. Great on the ball. When she presses with a lot of energy, um, you can really see how quick she is and how uncomfortable she can make defenders, which I think creates a lot of turnovers. And, you know, we're able to capitalize off of those and get to goal more. So she's somebody we've been super happy with. Um, but really the team as a whole, like, mm. they're just gelling. And it's, it's fun to be a part of. It makes the coaches want to show up and work harder for them every day. And, yeah, it's been great. Let me ask you about a couple things. One is that the center back pairing has been pretty um, – set um all season with rachel preston and kelsey kafusi both of them have been really fantastic um and i wonder what you can tell me about uh, about them and and what what they kind of that part of the team gives you yeah yeah they definitely need a lot of credit um they've probably got the most minutes out of anybody so far this season they're very steady can rely on them a lot um, I was just watching the game back yesterday and the from yesterday and the broadcaster said Kelsey's the more flashy center back. And I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of true. Like she makes, you know, these daring runs up the field once or twice a game. She has some assists to her name. She's um, really fast for for her height. It feels like it's lightning ca- fast. She's got these strides that are just like unreal. I think the um, second home game, there was a a, a a time when the the there was a, even a closer Aurora player to the attacker who had kind of broken the yeah, offensive line, and up. she she like ran to the ball faster than both of them, even though they were both twice yeah. as close. And I was like, "What the what the heck?" <laughs> she yeah, it was really really <laughs> impressive. And that was the first time I re- I was like, "All right, I need to pay attention to this player. She looks really good." So yeah, yeah. So she's been great. Her recovery speed is amazing. And then you know, Rachel's just really steady and she kind of like if you pay attention to her she's a player that like grinds out a lot of battles Mm -hmm. um she's always like right in the face of the other team's best attacker and she doesn't let up and i can remember 
a specific instance uh, when we were at Chicago City. She slipped on the turf. A player cut inside. They shot. Sarah Fuller was a little late to dive. So we went down 0-1. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. We haven't been down yet. And it was pretty early. Um, And Rachel was the one that slipped. And I could tell there was a little bit of panic in the team, but not from Rachel. And it was just so nice to see that like she was like, whatever, I slipped. That's never going to happen again. Um, and that was the rest of the game. Like she was lights out. She just shut everybody down. She steps in front of players really well. Um, so, yeah, both of them have worked really well together. And it's just been a fun fun pairing to see um the other thing i want to ask you about is uh, sang min cha is um i think when when people talk to me and ask me about the team or, or comment to me about the team cha is almost always brought up as uh, <laughs> yeah. you know she's also the elder the elder statesman of the team at the age of i think 25 if i'm correct um and so where did she come on your radar and tell me a little bit about about it. Cause I mean, we can observe just with our eyes, how fun she is to watch and how uh, great she is on the ball, but maybe tell us what else you see. Yeah. Cha somehow her video landed in our email inbox. Um, and like from an anonymous person, <laughs> like an anonymous I tip. Or, I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> but it was, she doesn't have like an agent who brought her your way. Right. I mean, it wasn't no, like, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was just her feeling, yeah. filling out the questionnaire. Okay. Um, and it was a school that I really wasn't familiar with. Uh, I believe division two somewhere in Kentucky. And I think it would have been really easy for somebody just to delete that email. Mm-hmm and move on but i remember i opened it i, I watched the link and i was like oh this player's really got something to her like look at the way she moves off the ball and the way she checks her shoulder and she's always looking to combine and link up with people so i passed it along to the assistants and they were like yeah 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 like she's special like we gotta look into this um so we just had conversations with her and you know she seemed really excited about it and yeah, I'm really excited for her. The community has seemed to really bought into her. Like every game, there's a cha 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 chant. Yeah, it it helps when you've got a player whose name is particularly easy Short. to incorporate. <laughs> now, sometimes a long name can work if it has the right syllables or something. But there are players where it's like, man, it's it's you know, Kelsey Kafusi is not an easy one to work into a song, no. right? So unfortunately yeah. for you, Kelsey, unless we can really figure <laughs> out Kafusi and how to make that work. Um, but Cha is very easy. And so you can throw that yeah. in. So that always helps uh, build a reputation. But let me, let me ask you then, because part of this whole team is thinking about ways all across the board that we can develop people on whatever path they are. Right. Um, some of them are going into college and we want them to, we want to build their careers um, that way. Some might actually, or they definitely have, are talking about um, going, trying to be in either it's NWSL or, or pro overseas. And what are those conversations like for you? And, and how do you kind of deal with players on that different career path? And, and how would we, you know, if, if there's a player like Cha, for example, who I think I personally am like, man, I would love to see, see her playing mm-hmm. for one of them. How 
for those players, how do you help them kind of push them along? That's a good question and something we're currently navigating as a staff. Um, you know, Jenny Clark's got some good experience. She played overseas in Germany for a while. Um, I have some connections through my youth club uh, experience and just, you know, connections to professional teams overseas as well. But, um, you know, everybody wants to go at different times. So I think that's, you know, the first step is how old are you? Are you trying to go now? Are you still in college? Are you trying to wait till you're done with college? Um, but I think it's definitely going to be a community effort for sure. And, you know, putting together clips uh, from the season with us, being able to send people full games. Our home games are really nicely broadcasted. Um, if, so and if really we need to get community owners to all send postcards to the Kansas City Current to tell them to sign Cha, like we can do that. We hey, can organize. <laughs> we can organize something. Start a rally. Now, yeah. that, now that we need to, we want to lose Cha at all, but you know. No, <laughs> we don't. Yeah, and I mean that's the tough part, right? We love. We're already all attached to these players, and yeah. What what a cool story it would be to say that we helped play a small role in their path to professional, yeah. um, which is their ultimate goal. You know, I I had a um a friend of mine who has has been already to at least one away game. I know is going to the Green Bay games and and has gone to a lot of he and his family have gone to a lot of Fire ninety eight games and a lot of WPSL games, and he. Uh, texted me today that, and it's a great question to put to you because he was saying like one of the tough parts about fi uh, following Fire ninety eight or things like that is every year you get a short time with these players, you get really excited about them, and then they're like gone. And that is, you know, we don't have like we have not signed a player to a two year contract or something like that. We yeah. don't have we don't have the ability to to keep them around if we think they're. But what? Help me think about that, especially because I'm on the communications part and, and thinking about. Um, I'm curious about the idea of how we, um, of how we think. Then I know the season's not done, year. but yeah, what what will that? Do? Yeah. I know that you're still thinking like we still have a regular season to finish here, and then you know, knock on wood, playoffs, etc. But what will that look like um, a month and a half from now when when you're thinking about that and retaining players because at least they're still in college or th or things like that. Yeah. Maybe no clear answer yet. Yeah, okay. you know, we started talking about that a little bit as a staff. Um, just ideas here and there, but you know, we certainly want to finish out and stay focused on this season first. But um, I can tell you that the recruiting process is going to be easier. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's much easier to sell people on uh, when you can just send them a picture of a of the yeah. fans and here's where this could be you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, players have already reached out about next year, too, and it's yeah. ramping up every week here. But, um, you know, that was part of our recruiting process, too, this year, is we didn't want a whole team of fifth-year college seniors. So, because right. we didn't want to go back to zero players on the roster, because um, that, that was really, you know, difficult to put together in a short time. So that's why we players, you know, we really looked hard for players like Shelby and the Raps and and Mariah and Abby Brantner who are who are younger and are going to balance us out and have the potential to maybe be with us for a few years and can help us carry traditions of the first year into the second year um, and not starting from scratch every single year. So I do expect that, you know, there will be a handful of players that 
are just going to move on with life. Um, they're ready to pursue, you know, other professions and then hopefully a handful of players that move on to professional. Um, so there will be some open spots and then, you know, discussions with staff on, you know, what we're, what we're trying to add to the roster and things like that, but no clear decision on, you know, X, Y, Z is going to happen, but I feel good knowing that we, we did a good job this year. And I, th I think, um, there'll be some carryover from year one to two, which will really help us continue to build something special here at Aurora. Um, well, I want to wrap it up on that other than to say uh, we had six home games. I, I forget. I did calculate. I think we finished it 17 goals for and uh, f four goals against while we were at home, something like that for those games. And now you're off to it's Chicago Dutch Lions this weekend. Yep. And then, um, and then we have the two games in, in Green Bay, which um, I, I'm going to be going with. Um, I know it's pretty dumb to say this that I want Green Bay to keep doing well so that we can clinch at Green Bay, but <laughs> maybe maybe we want to clinch earlier. But the, I just want I'm being selfish here. Um, but congratulations so far in the season. Um, I I think I I you know obviously I'm speaking for myself, but speaking for lots of people who have reached out to me to say how much fun they've had uh, watching the team play. And so um, congratulations on that. And then let's uh, let's get some playoffs and then let's win a trophy so that we can fill it with beer and drink out of it, <laughs> which is always the yeah. goal of every year, every season. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for the kind words. I really appreciate it. And I know the team is Looking forward to, you know, the last three games, three more opportunities to get better, um, put on a good show and hopefully, you know, reach our first goal of being Heartland Division champs and moving on to those playoffs. And you don't want to think too far ahead, but man, what a dream it would be to get at least one more home game. Yeah. Um, what I mean, let's just never lose a game. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited for that. I'm thinking about. 2023 too. Let's just keep on going. All right. Well, thank you, head coach, uh, Nicole Lukic. Uh, it's great to see you and, and we'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in uh, Green Bay. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Wes. <laughs>